0: and welcome to share truth apply scripture i'm jordan Shambly, joined as always by the one and only Cedra Sarton.
1: You decided to put the one and only back in there? Yeah.
0: I have to fill it up a little bit because Wesley isn't here with us today. <laughs> so I have to fill in that time that I would usually say, and Wesley Wildman. Yeah, so. I
1: think we've done that now, so I think we're good to go. <laughs> All right.
0: Um, but also, I know we don't have Wesley with us, but we do have Dr. Matt Ayers in studio with us. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute honor. you. I want to give you the opportunity real quick to introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know who you are. So why don't you take a minute and do
2: that? Yeah. So um, I'm Matt Ayers, president of Wesley Biblical Seminary Mm -hmm. and moved to Mississippi to take on that role about uh, a year ago now, a little over a year. And prior to coming to Mississippi uh, to serve at WBS, um, I was the president of Emmaus University of Haiti for eight years president, but total of 13 years in Haiti as uh, full-time missionaries with my family and uh, originally from New Jersey went to Asbury College in Kentucky, masters degree at, at Wesley Biblical Seminary, and then a PhD in Old Testament over in England and uh, and just loving Mississippi yeah. and what God's <laughs> doing and and joining the Mississippi branch of the Family of God. So awesome. it's an incredible place. Well w- we're glad that you think the Mississippi branch of that family. Love is great. it, just
0: love it, yeah. Because you've—it sounds like you've been a, a lot of places. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have a, a very broad view of that that family, like you were saying, the family of God.
2: You know, it's funny, and you know, having been a missionary, you mm-hmm. do this missiology stuff and studies, and everyone wants to put an accent on the differences of culture and, sure. and social and cultural anthropology and how everything defined by culture. But and, and there's there's certainly truth to that, and it's mm-hmm. helpful in terms of strategy, and it really helpful in terms of just being humble and realizing right. there might be something. You don't understand, but ultimately, people are people are people. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and especially among Christians, mm-hmm. we have the same spirit. It's one That's baptism, good. there's mm-hmm. one spirit. We all drink of the same spirit, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 10. And so, like, there's this uh, communion of, you know, this holy yeah. fellowship. No matter where you are in the world, you're right. linked in Jesus through the I Spirit. L- I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love so that so much.
1: Could you just take a moment and tell our listeners where they can find more about you if they want to look you up?
2: Yeah. So you can go to Wesley's website, wbs.edu, mm-hmm. um, but I have my own website too. It's It's mattayers.com, M-A-T-T-A-Y-A-R-S, dot com. And that is, you know, I I wrote a column, a weekly sermon for a newspaper in Pittsburgh, and um, I would post those there. And so it's really just a blog Mm -hmm. of sermonettes, 500-word sermonettes. Uh, So you can find that. But there's also other things on the website, too. Sometimes I'll publish some of the academic stuff that I work on or videos from WBS. But those are the places.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll put links to those in the show notes for our listeners who are listening on a podcast app, and you can go and check those out. Um, So... Take us back uh, a little bit. I, I want to get into a conversation about missionary work and and being evangelists, um, but take us back to the beginning of your journey, uh, your very global journey, it sounds like. Um, what? How did you first begin to work in missionary work?
2: Yeah, so, um, man, I was raised in the church, and the churches I went to didn't have a strong missions emphasis, mm-hmm. international missions, there was some local stuff um and then i went to asbury college which i was first introduced to it you know we had the Globe, uh, great commission conference and they really wanted us to understand the great commission and mm-hmm. the importance and role of mission that it's not an add-on it's in fact <laughs> it's at the center of mm-hmm. what salvation is all about because god forms us then he fills us then he pours us out that's right. the whole idea mm. uh, it's the model of christ and the great commission's what he's left to us it's it is the sum all of the whole purpose of the creation mm. And so um, Asbury helped to sink that in. He, classes that I took, chapels, those sorts of things, the community, the people around me, and the influence, professors and fellow classmates. And then I started dating a girl who's now my wife, and um, she was uh, very much into missions and mm-hmm. serving particularly in poor countries. Right. And so, um, and uh, you know, motivated by... My interest there, I went and visited Haiti for the first time, first time on an international mission field and just fell in love with it. And and Jesus, when he's, you know, having the conversation with the woman at the well in Samaria and his disciples go and get him food and they come back after he has an evangelical, you know, missional conversation with her. He said, we got your food. He goes, I don't need to eat. He says, I'm doing the work of God and that's enough, you know? Right. And so there's this satisfaction that comes mm-hmm. when you're right spot in the center of God's will. Mm-hmm. That's like, there's nothing sweeter. There's nothing better. And so having yeah. tasted that and experienced that, I thought, yeah, this is where I want to be is, 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 is living this way and serving this way. Right.
0: Well, that is an amazing thing to bring up too, is that the, the, the satisfaction that you do get out of living according to God's will because I think he's the bread of life. Yeah, it is. It absolutely (laughs) is. And, and what you're doing as, as as not, not only just as a Christian, but even just as in general, you know, part of God's creation, you are operating the way he created you to operate. You are doing what he created you to do, fulfilling that purpose. And ultimately that is, that is where, you know, satisfaction is found is found in god it's yes. found in how he created you and how he created you to relate to him and um you, you can see that i think clearly in the life of christ yeah um because what did he come as he didn't come as a king he came as a servant yeah and that i mean that's a mind-boggling contradiction almost you think about you know the god of the universe coming to serve but and when the bible calls god humble that's what it means um but really that is That is the purpose. That is our. That is our goal as Christians is to move into that that position of servitude towards God, Um, and that's where we find that relationship fully fulfilled.
2: Yeah, and I I would. That's exactly right, and I would even add to it. So there's this, you know, Jesus came as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, not as a book or as a check or as a. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a person, and Mm -hmm. he said, you know. I saw the Father, and if you see me, you've seen the Father." She tells us there's something deeply relational about the nature of God, and in fact, one of the things we do at Wesley Biblical Seminary, we're very tr- we love uh, as Christians. Forget Wesley; we love the Trinity. The Trinity is right. foundational for all. The Trinity doesn't have relationships. The Trinity is relationship. Mm. God doesn't mm. have relationships. God is relationship in and of huh. Himself. And this is you know Greek words of the you yeah. know early church and, and the Cappadocian Fathers and right. Patristics and all that stuff. And, and we understand what this is. So who are we other than our relationships? The mm. sum total. And you know, I'm a son first. and Without having these two other people, I wouldn't even exist. Mm. So I have no existence without that relationship relationship biologically. And then we're, 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 so we're sons and daughters, we're friends, we're parents, you know, we have these relationships make up the sum total of who we are, which is of course, cause that's who God is in the Trinity. His ontology, his being is wrapped inside of his relationships. Now, this is what happens when we have a self-affirmed relationship with God through Jesus is that we're literally born again with this spiritual aspect of our identity. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. We, we, we take on this new Identity, because now we've created this new relationship that's all defining, right. and that relationship's the one that we were created for. Yeah, and so until you have that, you know, yeah. in the simple way of putting it, we all have a God-shaped hole inside of our heart. Mm-hmm. But that's just too cliche. You know, it it's, is. It's yeah. much more profound than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from God, we are mere biological entities. Mm-hmm. But through the Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done, we can enter into a relationship with the Holy Trinity mm-hmm. to the point of wow. being fully human, both spiritual entities and biological entities.
0: I mean. Uh, not to go off too much on a rabbit trail, but but let chase that, some rabbits. That, that is an, that's an amazing <laughs> rabbit. To find. I mean, this is much more important, honestly. But um, I, I do want to just uh, go a little further with that, and it, it's amazing to think uh, one thing is that I I believe it's Paul. I'm, I'm uh, Wesley's my reference guy, and he usually tells me, yeah, that's that's this is where it's in the Bible. But Paul tells us that what we gain in Christ is greater than what we lost in Adam. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, and so the idea that, okay, the the relationship that Adam had with God was a perfect sinless relationship. He walked with God in the garden. There was a face-to-face recognition between the two. But it wasn't that um, Trinitarian relationship.
2: Well, God took on flesh and redeemed the very flesh. right? And that, that didn't exist with the Adam phase. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so what Christ does is he invites us into a close relationship. The relationship. It, it, it's a relationship through Christ. It's a, a direct access
2: into that yeah.
0: Trinitarian
2: love. He He becomes one of us, so mm-hmm. that we can become one of Him. Doesn't mean it's, that we become deities, right? Mm-hmm. But that we can We're enter in into him. a deeper level right. of intimacy within the mm-hmm. Holy Triune Fellowship.
0: It's it's a mind boggling thing, yeah. And I, I mean, I, w- I would love to spend hours talking about. I mean, that. wasn't it
1: Galatians? <laughs> isn't Galatians two twenty? I believe that says that we are crucified in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that that. There's a lot there, just in that one little part of the verse. That's not even the whole verse. <laughs> but saying that we are crucified, we're not just mm-hmm. you know people call Jesus right. friend. He is a friend. Mm-hmm. He is a father. He you know to, you know he is our savior. There there are not enough words, but mm-hmm. to say that we are crucified in Christ just mm-hmm. shows the the strength of the relationship we're supposed to mm-hmm. have with Him. It's not just your buddy that you sit next <laughs> to. It's much more than that. Oh, it's
2: much more than that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, and 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 that go, I do. I, I mean, obviously, evangelism and and, and mission field work goes and uh, is hand in hand with this. Oh yes, um, because what we're doing, um, one, we're, we're we're walking in obedience and fulfilling the Great Commission. That's the most important thing, and that should be our main concern. But also, like we, what we're doing is we are reaching out to a world that doesn't have that. That that is kind of knocked out of place. It's, yeah. it's fallen. It's in sin, and we are reaching out with that restoration. Yeah. Um. So maybe for people who are listening, maybe there are young Christians listening right now who, who feel that call in their lives and they, they want to go out and whether that's in their backyard or that's going to Haiti, right. wh- whatever that looks like for them, they want to follow the command and, and become a missionary. They want to be an evangelist. Um, but they don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I do th- and I do think as Christians we do need to be careful when we when we do these things, I don't think that we are free agents that we can just do things the no. way we feel like. No, we No, the
2: Acts makes that clear.
0: Right? Yeah. So there are well, times
2: where God says no, not not
0: yet. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what does that look like? What is that the biblical model
2: of yeah. mission work? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, man, there's so many different mm-hmm. different directions we can go, but I would say what I feel, you know, compelled to say, is that you know having the right understanding of what it is that we're actually doing mm-hmm. is is really fundamental we we've, we've just talked about the importance of the trinity and personhood and our our very being that's tied up into the relationships that we have and mm-hmm. and um, salvation is a person mm-hmm. you know we think we tend to think of salvation as Forgiveness from sins. Right. And, and that's a part of salvation. But ultimately, the bottom line is salvation is a love relationship. That's what salvation is. Mm. Uh, Jesus is the gospel. The gospel came in the form of a person. Mm. It's in the context of interpersonal relationship because of the nature of the Trinity itself that redemption is made available and accomplished. And so when the Holy Spirit comes and mediates that fellowship, um, that's when that relationship restored. We're born again. We can take on a new being, a new mm-hmm. ontology. And this is kind of esoteric philosophical stuff, but I love it's it. tremendous. <laughs> and so what we're talking about is this impacts missions and evangelism in a s- several simple senses. One simple sense is that mission will always be sending people, never just sending tracts or mm-hmm. Bibles or money. Because if that were the case, Jesus wouldn't have had to take on flesh. You know? right. He could have sent something mm-hmm. else. But the gospel always comes in the form of a person and a personal relationship. And then the second is that's the important thing to remember is that as soon as you create a relationship, a new relationship with someone, there's a new aspect of your identity that is birthed mm-hmm. in that relationship. And there's also an aspect of that person's identity that's birthed. Mm-hmm. So you're you're literally birthing them to Jesus <laughs> and right. sharing your, because as they're a part of you and you're a part of, it doesn't mean that they're, you make a new friend that they're a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But it does create the bridge and the context in which mm. the the gospel as a person can be shared and and redeem someone. Wow. So, per, and I don't. What I'm not saying is I was already saying to do evangelists go out and make friends. No, 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 no. But we have to understand how powerful and important that very piece is. Mm-hmm. That um, my goal isn't to get you to say the sinner's prayer. My goal is to be with you. Right you know that's mm. it and and then let It it let Jesus do the work. So Peter in his confession, you know, Jesus says, Who do you say that I am? He says, Well, you're the Son of the Living God. He says, It's not flesh and blood that's revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. What he's saying is that the gospel, the the God of this air, Paul says, has blinded us to the gospel. And that's one of the tactics of the enemy, is to prevent people from hearing and understanding the gospel. And so it's spiritual warfare. And so when um, someone accepts the gospel, it's not because they've rationalized their way into it. You know, the Holy Spirit can use reason to get you there, but ultimately it's because God has revealed it to you in your heart. It's a very complex thing (laughs) even a child can understand it because the Holy Spirit interprets it to Mm -hmm. us. And so letting God be Mm -hmm. the one who does the work to reveal to that person. So some of this is diabolical. I mean, some of it, sometimes people aren't Christians, uh, because they're atheists or skeptics because they're natural, naturalists or rationalistic or whatever. Um, they're not Christians because the devil has blinded them. Mm. That's why they're not Christians. Mm. You know, that's very, very clear in the scriptures. And so it's just reason that the devil has used it to keep them. So keeping that spiritual dimension, you know, uh, On the radar, I think is really important, creating those intentional relationships that have a goal and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And being honest with people, I think, is really, really important. Mm -hmm. You're not a real friend if you're not honest, and you're wow. just telling people what they want to hear. Yeah. And, and people, know, that's authenticity. You know, mm-hmm. we, we love authentic people. What does that mean? Someone who's willing to tell you what they really think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, out of your own interest. And that means hurting people sometimes. Yeah. Jesus hurt Peter. He said, hey, Peter, Simon, do you love me? He's like, oh, man, I, I, just, I just betrayed him, and yeah. now he's asking me in front of all my friends. Yeah, of course you know. Mm-hmm. And he says when he asked him a third time, Peter was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and what you're talking about, um, the, the, there's the, the rational, I mean, every I mean, spirituality is rational, but there is like the mind level sure. you know, of, of, of approach, and then there is that spiritual aspect that we need to engage with. Uh, when you were saying that, I, I thought of two um, Christian figures in history, one, John Bunyan and C.S. Lewis. Okay, yeah. and um, I don't
2: usually hear those two <laughs> names side by side. Side by <laughs> side.
0: Well, here we go. Um, uh, John Bunyan's book, uh, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, Probably one of my favorite books okay. probably the, one of the last books I've read in a very long time i I don't read a lot anymore yeah. um but it is it's an amazing book and it, it got it's very much concerned with his his um pre- life previous to conversion and then his conversion experience and it was a very very spiritual thing like very spiritual ex- in its experience and in its um expression mm-hmm. um so Literally, he would be walking down the road, and he would hear a voice. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah, supernatural. Um, very supernatural. Yes, um, and then kind of juxtaposed to that, you have C.S. Lewis. Sure, you know how you know he was an, he was an atheist or at least agnostic. I'm not sure which one he would have yeah, said yeah. he was, but he was kind of he was dra- atheist. Yeah, well, he, yeah. He was dragged kicking and screaming into right. Christianity, clawing at reason, but he was pulled into Christianity by reason. Right. So it it is an amazing thing that. Um, A lot of times I I feel in in certain circles of, of, of Christians that one is often emphasized over the other. Um, and, and I would say here in, in Southern Evangelical Christianity, it's the spiritual side of things. We want that experience. We want the, the, the emotional, the feelings yeah. that are associated. And those are certainly involved. And, and if you don't have those to a certain degree, you might need to be a little concerned. Yeah. Um, but it, it it is important to have that balance of approach. Um, when you're engaging in, in, in evangelism, you do want to – you do want to um, be engaged with the spiritual aspect, but also engage the mind. Yeah. You know, God is the God of both things, and he is redeeming both of yes, those things. That's right. Um, I, I was just—that just popped into my head, and I, I wanted to bring up that um, interesting uh, <laughs> juxtaposition there. Um, but w- when you look at—I um, I know you're involved with a lot of education. You know, sure, you're, you're dealing yeah. with people who are up and coming in in, in, the, in the realm of um, spreading the, go- the gospel. Um when you are engaging with maybe some young Christians who, who want to be involved with um, evangelism or maybe just you're surveying the, the general um, landscape of this, do you see any, any reasons to be concerned for the, the, the spiritual maturity of these Christians? And maybe is, is there a lack of discipleship and, and, and um, people coming alongside them and getting them prepared for that? Do, do you see any of that?
2: You know, the, the short answer is yes. Mm-hmm. There's a concern. Um, a lot of what I see is emotional immaturity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like a lot of, one way to put it is that usually when we think of um, sin, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, follow me for a second. Right. When we think of sin, we think of things that we do that we shouldn't do, like telling a lie. Um, but there, that's a sin of commission, but there's also sins of omission, mm-hmm. things that we don't do that God tells us to do. And so when God says, you know, pray and we don't pray, that's right. a sin, or give and mm-hmm. we don't give, that's a sin, or go and make disciples and we don't, that's a sin of omission, failing to do what God tells us right. to do, or love your neighbor, or forgive, you know, your enemies, pray for your enemies. You're praying for your enemies because if you're not, you're sinning, right? right. So, yeah. Um, but, and those are behaviors, mm-hmm. things we do or don't do. But sin is also um, our thoughts, um, don't covet. Mm-hmm. Um, our s- sin is also our emotions, mm. And our attitudes can be sinful, too. And so we have to have a more integrated, I think, perspective of things, let's just say, to keep it open. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that the coddling of young people yeah. in a post-Christian world um, has created emotionally immature people um, that don't have much grit. Grit is really important.
1: Well, um, you know, yeah. just from my experience, because like yourself, I, I was raised in church. My mother had me in church every time the doors were open. And and I really a- appreciate that, but I realized down the road that I would Made a lot of what I thought were like firm decisions, but I don't remember anybody come along behind those decisions to walk with me, and a lot of those were based solely on emotion. Yeah. I mean, I don't can't tell you how many church yeah. camps I went to, where they would have the emotional music and the and the talking, and you and you feel something, but eventually, you know, you yeah. leave church camp, you go home, yeah, and that dives down. Yeah. yeah, it fades, and then it's all, uh, you know, like pizza parties and stuff like that. Then my dad became my youth minister. And, no, the and fun then, was over. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dad, if you're hearing this. I do. Uh, and then it was, you know, I was getting the lesson for sure then, twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was, you know. but um, And so we have, like, a, a lot of – I see a lot of young Christians that are being raised in that, and they don't fully understand what it means to be a Christian, you know what it what it truly means. You know it's you know the emotion, and then from then on, you're just filling a pew. Yeah. After that. Yeah. And so, and then they're in their kids that way, you know, the, to to sit fill a pew, and they'll go to Sunday school, which is good, not necessarily bad to sit huh. in a pew yeah. and Being go to Sunday school, but thing. the but then that's what you're doing. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think. So Proverbs says that the heart is deceitful above mm-hmm. all things. And Disney's been telling us for decades to follow your heart. You know, <laughs> yeah. Don't follow your heart. Your heart right. is deceitful. Now, follow your heart if it's been sanctified and God's putting the desires of your heart into your heart, but otherwise, Mm -hmm. don't follow it. Mm -hmm. And so emotion, but it does have a place. It doesn't mean emotions evil or bad. Jesus is, you know, John 1, he's Mm -hmm. the Logos. Mm -hmm. And the Greek concept there is he's the organizing principle behind all reality, so he's rational. Mm -hmm. Um, He is, you know, the very highest level of of abstraction of reason itself. Mm -hmm. He's the thing by which, Mm -hmm. or the person by which all things are held together. But what's included in that is emotion and understanding where emotion but, but this thing of, of grit really is not just grit, but just emotional maturity and emotional uh, toughness mm-hmm. and the ability to know that like life is hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's hard. Mm-hmm. And coddling someone is going to set them up for failure and disappointment and frustration which turns to resentment and anger which turns to violence which turns to murder that's how this works Mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing why do you think there's mass shootings everywhere because kids are coddled that's why now it doesn't mean let's let's get back to corporal punishment and beating our kids that's not what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I'm talking about introducing our kids to the real world and helping them to grow up to be real adults. Exactly. Life isn't college. Mm-hmm. Life is not college. Mm-hmm. you, you got to get to work. You don't like your job, you got to do your job because mm-hmm. that's just a part of life. And so mm-hmm. this is a lesson that, that it's it's hard, but it makes us better, more substantive, lasting, enduring, stronger, successful, grittier, more honest and authentic human beings.
0: Yeah, and, and as opposed to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, as applied to an evangelist, um, that, that's like a superpower, I would say, like the the ability to have that grit. Because what you're describing there, and when you were talking about how how Jesus is the logos, is, is, is he's the the, um, the 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 highest level of abstraction behind all the reality, organizing principle yeah. of everything. This yeah. is what, what Plato would have called the realm of ideals, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is reality. This is this is Christ. Um, he's sitting on the throne, right? He he's he is the organizing principle. He's sitting on the throne and org- ordering everything underneath him, holding all as things it together. Be. Right. It, it, it's an amazing idea and then as we fall under that we are being acquainted with life as it really is mm-hmm. it's part of it so so that and, and that goes in the practical level this doesn't just happen automatically and especially with children it doesn't and it's on the parent to 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 spread that kingdom of order the kingdom of god yeah. um, into their children as well but but as especially when it comes to an evangelist i mean you have an evangelist on the one hand who might ha- might be lacking that grit that 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 association with reality and what real life is and then on the other hand you have one that is yeah. you know one is i mean honestly in a way living as if god isn't god yeah. as as if or living in this in this sort of reality that isn't isn't reflecting what god says
2: it is yeah sure you're living in a deluded reality or delusional at worst, you know, that you've created on your own. Right. And I mean, all, Psalm 15 and Psalm 24, especially 15, they're, they're mirror psalms, but Psalm 15 talks about, you know, who is the one who has the right to enter into God's presence or the kingdom? Mm-hmm. It's a temple entrance liturgy of the psalm, of the psalms. And uh, it says the person who's honest, mm. the person who's yes is yes, and their no is no. Right. And this is what it comes down to. When we talk about being tough human beings, it means that when you say to someone, yes. That even if it means to your hurt, you got to keep that commitment because God is true and honest. Mm. And that's who we're called to be as well. You don't have that. I mean, the commitment, they, it's hard to find, you know, because, yeah. So that, that's one of the, I, I think, one of the biggest issues that wow. we're facing. This is why so many, you know, I can't tell you how many missionaries that came to Haiti that just didn't last. You know, when they said yes, well, their yes wasn't yes. Wow, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden God changed his plan for your life. I think God's now calling us. Well, for a minute ago, God was calling you to stay here for 10 years and now it's three, you know, like what it, which is it's God's schizophrenic. So, uh, but again, I don't want to be too critical of, um, I'm just kind of observing, you know, uh, what I think some of the weaknesses are. Right.
0: So um, for the, for the young person, the young Christian who's listening to us right now, who has these dreams of being a missionary, um, what, what, what would your advice to them be as far as one, how to be sure of that calling and two, what, what for this first step is.
2: Yeah, as far as how to be sure, like I always look for, for more than one witness and I always look for confirmation in the word of God. Um, I look for, um, I ask someone to pray about it with me that I know is going to be truly praying about it with me. Uh, fasting is really important. Mm. Uh, practicing spiritual, just being healthy in Jesus so that you know when God speaks, because Satan is a deceiving spirit. And he wants to deceive you. He wants you to hear things that's not from God and he'll disguise himself as an angel of light. So be strong and healthy in Jesus to make sure you can discern between a lying spirit, a deceitful spirit and the Holy Spirit. So be healthy in Jesus, be praying about it, look for it in the scriptures. But then I always look for, I say, Lord, have someone confirm this to me that knows nothing about this decision. Mm-hmm. someone that's trustworthy and godly and holy, you know, and then, um, I wait for those three witnesses If they don't come. I don't go, uh, or don't do whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that I'm praying about. And then, uh, first steps is, um, hmm, that's tough. I would say, uh, seek your local, uh, you know, church leader, if that's a pastor or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and get their input. Uh, that's that's a really important first step. There are loads of great organizations out there, but there's so many that um, you really should have someone who can vet those for you or at least can do the research and knows the landscape to say, hey, what do you know about WGM? What do you know about OMS? What do you know about Salvation Army? What do you know about Samaritan's Purse? What do you know about? Because um, that's a, a huge part is the vehicle by which you get there. So yeah, that, those would be my two. Be strong, be strong and healthy in Jesus. Guard your heart. Pray about it fast. God is God's a great communicator. mm mm-hmm. You know, he'll be clear, but Satan too can try to trick you. So right. be aware of that and confirm the word of God. Wow. So well, th- that's, that's great. Um,
0: missionary work and evangelism very close to the heart of engage. We do the annual orange letter campaign every fall, which is a campaign where we send letters to missionaries all around the world in partnership with a uh, global outreach yeah. uh, mission ministries So mm-hmm. um, this is a, this is a topic that our listeners I think are very well acquainted with through us, hopefully. And I hope that, um, we we've we've helped uh some young christians who are um who are thinking about these things thank you so much for being oh on thank you today. it's been great it has been it's been an honor and a privilege so uh thank you for being on with us and listeners until next week continue to share truth and plus scripture